on the job with Francis Leach. It's On The Job, the podcast, all about making your working life better. Francis Leach with you. How are you? Hope you had a decent weekend and week ahead. Uh, did you catch much of the Jobs and Skills Summit last week? I know people have actually got lives <laughs> don't, and don't watch the telly and the news and, and all that sort of stuff all of the time. But, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming that you're kind of interested in the subject matter. Well, it was a fascinating Coming together, the meeting of the minds uh, from all sectors of the community and the economy to discuss a way forward to improve jobs. And from our perspective in the union, job security, better pay and jobs that uh, provide people with careers and a future where they can provide for them, their family and their loved ones. Simple ideas, getting back to basics, which we've come so far away from as the economy has become this sort of neoliberal project where everything is for sale and uh, the highest bidder wins all of the time. Well, one area where that needs addressing is in early childhood education. Now, we're seeing a little bit of movement in the aged care in the care sector around the fair wage case for aged care workers. But in early childhood education, and it is education, it's not just childcare and looking after kids as important as that is, it's education at a very important stage of a young person's life. Early childhood educators are paid appallingly. They often work in extremely difficult conditions in uh, worker-to-child ratios which are unsustainable and uh, they churn through their workforce really, really quickly because people who really love and have a passion for early childhood education, and they're damn good at it, most of them as well, just decide it's too hard to do the work they love because it doesn't pay well enough, the jobs aren't secure, and it demands too much of them. We need to fix that. And as a consequence, the United Workers Union and workers all across Australia this week are taking some industrial action to highlight the plight of early childhood educators. And we're going to meet two people who can tell us about that today. Helen Gibbons from the United Workers Union and also, we're going to catch up with Tali Mengel, who's been in the job as an early childhood educator for over 20 years. Here they are on the job. This is On the Job with Francis Leach. Hello, Helen. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Francis? And Tali, welcome to On the Job. How are you? Hi, good. Thank you. Tali, I just want to start with you first. How difficult is it for someone who clearly it's a vocation for you, love what you do, to actually take industrial action uh, to raise the issues that matter most to you, given how much you love your job, given how much you care about the kids you look after? Yeah, it's really difficult to make that decision because there's so much guilt associated. You feel on one in one part that you're letting down your parents, your families, your children. You don't want to walk off the job. On the other side, your passion doesn't pay the bills and you need to take action and be seen to be taken seriously and for things to change. And Helen, that's part of why for so long early childhood educators have been leveraged, haven't they, in many ways by their employers and by governments because they know the passion with which people like Tali work and the reasons why they do the work. And in a way, they've been convinced to sort of act against their own best interest because of their concern and their compassion for those that they look after and educate. Yeah, educators have really been caught between not wanting to drive up the fees for parents, which might exclude some children, or, you know, their lack of government funding that doesn't allow their wages to increase commensurate with their skills. 
And for a long time, they've been squeezed into this kind of really awkward space, but they've had enough. They've really made a decision after two and a half years of a really hard pandemic and being taken for granted by governments for years. We've got a new government, but they're taking a stand with this new government and they're saying, we've got high expectations, you need to fix the sector. So, Tali, what are some of the things from your working life that make the job really hard when it comes to, obviously, you love being with kids and you love the nurturing experience of teaching our youngest and the most impressionable in a way. But the other side of that, how tough can working life be for you, given the demands of the job and given the sort of wages and conditions you have to work in? Yeah, it's hard to carry on because there's so many other jobs that you could walk straight into with no qualifications and earn more money. and potentially have more respect. You know, it's, it's not a respected field at the moment. We're not seen for what we actually do. It's really undermined, underestimated. So not, not enough respect. I'd like to talk to you about that. How does that manifest itself? How do you feel that? In what circumstances do you feel that lack of respect? People's comments and first reactions when you say that you're an, an early childhood educator, people say, oh, well, it's not like being a teacher, is it? It is playing, isn't it, really? And, you know, you must have so much fun in your job. They just don't understand what's required, that you do have to have your diploma, that you do have to follow a curriculum. And the emotional and physical tasks involved yeah, are underestimated. Uh, Helen, Tali makes a really good point there, doesn't she, about the fact that lack of respect feeds into a narrative that employees and governments have kind of exploited, that somehow this sort of work isn't, highly professionalised, highly skilled work and therefore doesn't require the remuneration that it clearly should. Yeah, I think the clearest way that people demonstrate how much they value early educators is by how little they pay them. They can be paid as little as $24 an hour, even though they're experienced and skilled and have extraordinarily irresponsible positions. But I think it's also important to remember that this is something that has been characterised as women's work that uh, the care and education of young children is the responsibility of women. And you see this play out in a whole bunch of different fields that are similarly characterised as women's work, that it's undervalued and it's people are expected it, to do it for the love of it or through a vocation. And early educators do love their job and they work incredibly hard and they're incredibly skilled and they deserve to be paid appropriately. And this is something, that, a trend that we see across a lot of the care sector, isn't it? I know that early education isn't just care, but the feminised industries are, by and large, considered to be less worthy of a serious pay scale upgrade. And we're seeing a, a work value case at the moment in front of the Fair Work Commission in the aged care sector, which is attempting to address that. Early educators really deserve a similar sort of upscaling, don't they? Well, we've very clearly made the point that early education doesn't start at five. It starts right from the very get-go. And the people who do the care and education of little children are just as important as the care of people who do the care and education of school children. And there should be some comparability in terms of wages and conditions. And yet you can be a teacher working in long day care and you'll earn significantly less than if you were a teacher working in a school. There's a number of different things at play. There's the undervaluation of women, the historical characterisation of this as women's work. There's an inflexible industrial relations system that really hasn't been able to properly evaluate particularly work that's characterised as caring work. 
and there's the undervaluation of little children and the importance of their education. There's a lot at play, but the educators are saying very clearly that this is important and it's important that their work and their role is valued properly in the community. Tali, how many of your colleagues, you've been there 20 years, so how many of your colleagues have stayed in the sector and in the job a little while and just gone, well, unlike yourself, oh, clearly it's a vocation, have gone, well, this just can't pay my bills and I'm going to find something better? Is, it, is the churn fairly regular? People come and go through the system because of that? Yeah, it's really high. Yeah, I've seen a lot of brilliant educators leave for better money, less stress. What keeps you in? I love the community aspect of the work of that you're helping families, you're having that connection with your community day in, day out, seeing it grow. I love seeing the children years later and talking to families. I love the inside outside aspect of the work and that it is physical. It's not a desk job. It's, you know, you, you've been physical and there's a lot of joy, which just tips the balance for me. But, you know, it is stressful. There's a lot involved with it. There's a lot of emotional support with those families sometimes. But yeah, I, uh, I, I stay in it for the joy. You should be paid well enough to enjoy that part of it too. Helen, can we talk about the structure of the industry itself? So there are some elements to it which are uh, like the – I was on the board of a community centre for a long time and early childhood educators were involved in, in a community centre. So we ran the facility and we had uh, a fairly good relationship with those guys. But there are for-profit centres as well which run under a different model altogether. So there'd be this range of experiences wouldn't there with early childhood educators which would run the whole gamut of ownership to scale, how big the uh, the centres they're working in, the resources they have at hand, it must be fairly diverse. It's really messy is probably the best way to describe early education because there's long daycare, which is probably what most people think about in terms of early education, but there's also kindy programs or pre-kindy or preschools, depending on what state you're in. So these are programs for four-year-olds. They're often run differently. We're focusing on long, long daycare at the moment. And in long daycare, there is a not-for-profit sector, a for-profit sector, and then those are divided into big providers or small providers. But 68% or so of all long day care is run for money. So it's run for profit. Uh, And as much as they may say that they're putting children first, they are also creating a significant profit, a really large profit in some instances. We've um, recently heard the announcement of a new CEO coming in for G8, which is the largest for-profit provider in Australia. His salary, when you package it all up, is reported as being $2.6 million a year. And yet the educators that he will be managing as part of that business um, will get on average about $24, $25 an hour. So it's that end of the spectrum. And then the other end of the spectrum is small community centres that don't make money, that plough everything back into their services. And it's probably no surprise which are the best employers. Which one do you work in, Tali? Are you working in a, a for-profit centre or are you working in a community centre at the moment? So I used to work in a for-profit centre up until last year and I left and moved to a community centre. Have you noticed any real difference? Yeah, there's a vast difference. Yeah, it's huge. What are those differences you've noticed? Um, staff turnover is nothing in comparison. The quality of food, the quality of experiences of visits and incentive visits, the staff ratio 
is um, massively different staff to child ratio and the children actually getting the NDIS funding, getting that extra educator in the room, that happens. Um, we're in ratio all of the time when the children are asleep. We're given time to do programming, given time to do professional development. And, yeah. That's the one, yeah. <laughs> we, can, we can actually do professional development and it's seen as important because we're seen differently. Yeah, I feel valued as an educator and as part of the team. So, Helen, Tali's experience should be mirrored across all early childhood education and that's still not meeting the needs because Tali's not being paid properly for her professional standing. So that's the other element to that. It just shows how far some of our early childhood education offerings have to go in order to meet a standard that that really does meet the promise of nurturing children and giving them the very best start in life. That's right. And I think it's really important to remember that these aren't just workplaces. They're also places where little children go and where they're, they do such an enormous amount of brain development in those years and their relationships they build is so important. The people they spend time with are really important. And it's really important to early educators that they're not just standing up for better wages and conditions. They're really standing up for better learning environments for young children. And when they take action next week, when they're walking off the job all across the country, not just in New South Wales, in every state and territory and a whole bunch of regional areas, they're not just calling for wages and conditions to improve. They're saying that early education needs to be seen as education and they're saying that children should be put before profit. And I don't think there's many people in the community that would disagree with that. It's just incredibly inspiring to watch educators with all of the incredible work that they do and how tired they are after a long pandemic to do the extra bit now where they're organising to shut down centres and walk off the job to get this government to really reform the sector. Tali, you'd be telling parents that you're going to be going out on strike. What's been the reaction from the parents that you work for and with? So at the centre, it's been really positive. We're closing down for half the day and the parents have been helping to do posters and offering to come along and lend their support. So really positive. Which is great. I mean, that's the sort of awakening that's got to happen here, doesn't it, Helen? Because I think also for a long time, people have just... They probably expect the very best early childhood education for their kids, presuming that because they're taking their child to that environment that it's going to happen, but they haven't questioned the resources that are made available to educators or the demands on them. It's sort of a set and forget approach. This is a bit of a wake-up call. Yeah, I think so. And I think parents, um, in their defence, I mean, they pay often pay a lot of money to send their children to early education and they presume that that money gets passed on to early educators. And it's a really a wake-up call for them to realise that it's not and it's crumbling. The sector is losing so many staff. So I don't think there's a centre in the country that isn't looking for staff at the moment. Um, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of jobs being advertised. And most centres are operating at some sort of reduced capacity because they can't get enough staff. All of that's a wake-up call for parents. You know, when you can't get the extra day that you want or you can't get an enrolment in because there's not enough early educators there to do the work, then that focuses the mind. And I think, you know, we're really hopeful that this will also focus the mind of the federal government, who's the major funder of early education. Well, I wish you the very best next week with the uh, industrial action. Is it happening right across the country, Helen? Yes, we've got something like 20 rallies all across the country. So all the capital cities have got a rally happening. Most are at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday, the 7th of September. 
And then there's a whole bunch of regional towns that are also doing actions and hundreds of centres all across the country are participating. Helen Gibbons, thank you so much for being with us. Tali Mengel, thank you so much as well for being with us and giving us your insight of what it's like to be an early childhood educator and, uh, and what you need in order to continue the great work that you and your colleagues are doing. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being on the job. Thank you for having us, Frances. Thank you. With Francis Leach, this is On The Job. Helen Gibbons from the United Workers Union. She's the Executive Director of Early Childhood Education. And Tali Mengel, also with us, she is an early educator of 20 years standing, telling us why early childhood educators are going to be walking off the job for a period of time on Wednesday to highlight the issues that they're facing in their workplace and demanding the change and the reward for the work they richly deserve. That's it for this week's edition of On The Job. My name's Francis Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at St. Frankly. Go to australianunions.org.au and join your union because that is always the best way to improve your working life. And I'll catch you on the next edition. Bye-bye.